Welcome back, everybody, to an episode of Top of the List with RB and Dom. It's been a brief minute since we've been uh, back here uh, on our podcast, but we're excited to be back. Uh, Dom, thanks for coming by and, you know, we're restarting this thing again. Heck yeah, man. We need to discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think where we left off, we did discuss Black Widow. So yeah. we're going to pick up with Shang-Chi uh, because the last time we discussed the MCU, we talked about Black Widow and then the finale of Loki. So we have Shang-Chi to talk about. We have the Eternals. Uh, we have a couple of the Disney Plus series, What If and Hawkeye, uh, neither of which you or I have finished yet. So we'll talk about our first impressions and then come back, I'm sure, and wrap those yeah. um, with a full episode. And then, of course, the uh, extremely, extremely, extremely incredible uh, new trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home that we will be discussing. Uh, we will be discussing, I should say. So let's get right underway uh, talking about Shang-Chi. Do you want to dive right in, Dom? Yeah. Um, are we going to do uh, ratings out of 10? Just like we yeah, have always. Yeah, I, okay, I cool. think let's let's stick with that. Uh, for for those of you who are listening, thank you for tuning in on our podcast. We've gone to a strictly podcast uh, uh, structure now. No more YouTube videos. We're just going to be bringing you the audio files. So hopefully, our listeners out there, you know, you enjoy this. And those of you who watched on YouTube, we hope you made the transition over. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we'll just pick it up with our uh, same rating scale. So uh, should we just start with our scores and then we'll go into specifics? Yeah, I, I like okay. that, yeah. Okay, so my score is probably going to be 9.5 out of 10. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really like Shang-Chi. It was uh, one of my favorite action movies of the last few years, I think. All right, all right. Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to go just a tick below you and go with an 8.5 out of 10. More on that later. It has nothing to do with the excellent cinematography of this film, the excellent action sequences, and the incredible acting, and the way that... Uh, uh, our director, uh, Destin Daniel Creton, Creton, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, how how it was able to how he was able to perfectly meld comedy with action, uh, which is something that I think some Marvel movies do an excellent job uh, in of, and others, you know, it falls really flat. And here, I think it was brilliantly done. So eight and a half out of ten to me, right above great, not quite a fantastic film. But uh, for those of you who listened to our previous episodes about what this most recent uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, phase has been doing, this is probably the highest score for me so far. Yeah, I know after uh, after you saw the movie, you came up to me and you told me, you're like, yeah, man, that was really fantastic. And I, I know you, you uh, enjoyed this a lot. That's a high score for uh, both of us on this one. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think the amazing thing with this one, and you and I differed a little bit on this one going into the film. You were really excited for this film. I remember when the yeah. trailers first dropped, we watched it together. You were hyped. <laughs> yeah. I was like watching this and I'm like, what is going on with his trailers? You know, first he's in San Francisco and then he's at this, uh, you know, in, in Southeast Asia training. And then there's a dragon and, you know, the abomination shows up in the trailer. I'm like, where are they going with this? I wasn't that all, all that excited about this one, but I went and saw it. And yeah. I'm glad I did. Oh, good, man. I'm really glad to hear that because, you know, I think um, that's one thing we could talk about right now really briefly is, you know, in the trailer, you're right. I, I saw what you were saying there in the trailer. It seems like there's a lot of stuff going on. But that was, was so impressive about this movie for me is that it flows from location to location. Yeah. It's, you know, that's and it just 
keeps building to this grand finale in this really great location that, you know, um, is kind of the centerpiece of the mythology of Shang-Chi, right? And um, that final uh, segment where they actually make it to that very mystical, uh, otherworldly location. I think you know what we're talking about, RB, here. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, man, that was everything that happened there. That was really cool. So I I'm glad that they went that far and went to all these different places. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, what, did, what did you think? Let's start off with uh, the, let's run by the characters. What did you think of uh, our main character, Shang-Chi? Uh, excellent, excellent performance there. Uh, T Simu Liu, correct? Played him? Yeah. Uh, really great performance. Uh, I thought the action sequences were brilliant. They were believable, which I think is sometimes a problem when you have uh, certain Marvel movies where you have a character where he's someone like Simu Liu who as, you know, as Sean, when we open on him in San Francisco, <laughs> is sort of this nerdy, you know, valet kind of guy. You don't, you don't expect him to be Shang-Chi, you know, this crazy warrior. Yeah. Um, but I think he did a really nice job of blending, you know, the comical role with the action sequence. And it was believable with the story um, that he was going to be able to, to hold his own, so to speak, in that final battle. And even even in the, the really cool, you know, of course, the bus scene and uh, some of the other awesome action sequences here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I think while we're talking about Shang-Chi real quick, I just want to bring up, this is the reason why I'm giving it such a high score, is, is our main character here. Um, definitely for an origin-style movie, you know, you got to think about what the other origin movies are in the MCU. Um, I'm thinking, you know, Iron Man, uh, the original Thor, original Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel is an origin movie too. They all kind of follow the same beat. Doctor Strange, the original one. Um, for me, what really struck, made this one strike above those other origin movies was that uh, the character, the main character, he's so likable. Like, you know, Tony Stark is likable in Iron Man and everything like that. He's funny, but I think we can all admit that's his character arc. He starts off as a jerk. Um, you know, Sean in this one, or Shang-Chi in this one, he doesn't start off as a jerk. He starts off as a really gut nice guy that you'd like to get to know. He's a very likable right. character. Uh, and I, that's what I made agree. it so cool. And I a little different, sure. too. Yeah, and uh, that's what I was going to say. Is I want to agree with you, first of all, that I think, mm -hmm. you know, thinking back to all of the MCU origin stories, I, I would liken this one to Tony Stark in the, in the first Iron Man film. Yeah. I, and to me, that is still the MCU origin story. I mean, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is incredible. And I don't know that anyone is given as good of an origin story performance as uh, Simu Liu, as Shang-Chi here. That being said, I love the the conflict they give to his character as well. You know, very different from Tony Stark, you know, um, more so, you know, Shang-Chi's or Sean's fear of the past, I guess would be, I, I don't yeah. know if fear is the right word, but, you know, just, just trying to run away from his past, which is very different from Tony Stark's, you know, Tony Stark is sort of has to overcome himself in the present, whereas Sean has to overcome his past. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's probably one of my favorite aspects of the character is that is that uh that dark past that he carries with him and that we get to see through uh some flashback sequences that were really excellent I and thought. perfectly placed throughout the film to, to reveal more and more just when you think okay you understand his character then you see something else i remember um spoilers of course uh, yeah. for anyone who's listening yeah. who's listening um you know the reveal at the end where he's uh in the, the, I'm not remembering the name of the land, but his, his mother's homeland, um, where he's sitting with Aquafina with Katie. Um, uh, I think it's called Talo. 
isn't it? Yes, yes, that's yeah. correct. Um, and he, he finally admits that he did um, he did kill his mother's assassin that, you know, you think throughout the whole movie, that's what he's running from, uh, was yeah. that he wasn't able to do it. And he's running from his father, you know, thinking he's disappointed. But in reality, he's running from himself. Yeah. Um, I, I, that was a big twist, you know, Me too. I, that yeah, I thought was I handled that really well. It was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I'm really yeah. glad you brought that up. I didn't know if anyone else noticed that too. Yeah, because that's a really great scene, man. I thought like, wow, this is a lot different um, take on a character than we've seen in the MCU at that point. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, so I, I agree with you there, absolutely. But, you know, this is where I think we're going to, I don't know that we're going to disagree, but where you say, you know, Simu Lu makes this movie and what makes it a nine and a half out of 10 for you, what gives us such a high score for me, of course, Simu Lu is brilliant, but I think the supporting cast around him is really, really great in this film. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if we've ever talked about an Aquafina film on this show, but right, I right. think she is one of the funniest actresses, the funny, funniest actors, period, male or female, out there right now. But the way... She played the role to make you care about Katie, not just think, oh, she's a side comic act. Uh, that I think that was great. I really liked the performance uh, by by Shang-Chi's father. And, you know, I think there was a lot of emotional pull there, um, you know, him, you know, trying to get back to his love. And you see his his fatal flaw as well, that, you know, he's willing to, to give up the rings for love. Uh, but you know, then he gives up the rings and he loses his love and wanting to have her back so much. Uh, the aunt, Shang-Chi's aunt, uh, incredible role as well. And yeah. of course, to me, the unsung hero of this film, Ben Kingsley is Trevor Slattery. So happy they brought him <laughs> back because he was oh, man. excellent. And Morris. Yeah, Morris. Morris is great yeah. in this movie. Um, I really like, uh, what's his name? Trevor Flattery. I like how he's, he's back from Iron Man uh, 3. Uh, but you know, I, I, in my theater when I watched it, there was a few people that uh, were like, "What? Who's that?" You know. So I was like, "There were yeah. a lot, yeah." Um, and I think the only reason why I remembered was because you told me going into it, you know, remember who the Mandarin is and Iron Man three. That's the only reason. And I know they right. reference it briefly before we see him on screen. I think it's when they're all eating dinner together that first time, right, right, at, uh, with the at the Ten Rings location and uh, the. The father says that, you know, they named, they named me after a fruit to use me as a, as a terrorist organization. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think he, I loved his performance in this. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think everyone gave a brilliant performance in this film. You know, this is the kind of film that if you have the wrong cast, it doesn't go over great. And I think they yeah. cast it extremely well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, maybe let's just touch on Aquafina real quick because I think she was not a big surprise because, like you said, she's been in a lot of great movies that we've seen. But uh, she kind of did steal the movie from uh, every every time she was on screen. She was like a scene stealer, you know. I thought that was a really good quality of this movie, and it made it because, uh, like we said, there is a lot of dark parts in it that we were talking about in the character arcs and stuff like that. But she. Um, you know, has some comedic relief, but also kind of a good message behind her, her character arc as well, which is like, you know, um, you got to take a shot and, you know, she has to shoot the dragon at the end and yeah. she has to just kind of apply herself more than just being a valet. And I thought that was kind of cool. That was an interesting uh, story arc and a good place for her to end. And now she's like his uh, partner, right? Right. Yeah. 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 That was, that's kind of cool that she'll be in the series more. And, um, the villain, man. Villain was amazing in this movie. That's another reason why I give it such a high score, because 
the villain was uh, really understandable, like you understood his reasoning, like you're like, it's pretty sympathetic, you know, that you kind of feel bad for this guy because he just wants his wife back. That's his only motivation. Right, right yeah. Uh, and and you, like I said, you, you sympathize with him. He feels guilty and, you know, he, he projects that on everyone else around him, but he feels guilty that the reason his wife was killed was because he gave up the Ten Rings and he Absolutely. wasn't feared anymore. And you see him projecting that on his on uh shang on shang's sister who's, who's another character we didn't go over but who's a badass in this film yeah um, yeah some great that great fight sequence between the two of them the brother and sister shang chi and uh yeah yeah but you can see he's he's passing the guilt on to everyone else even when he first storms uh ta ta lo you said is, is the, the name yeah yeah when he, when he says you're keeping her back there you're keeping her for me to punish to punish us for running away uh yeah and, yeah you know, you can see, though, that he's just looking to pass blame when he knows, truly, he kind of is the reason why she's gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. Um, but, like, can we, I, I just want to say, like, where does, where does this start, uh, not this, um, where does this sit at the top of your list, at the bottom? I mean, this is definitely at the top, at the top of my list for, okay. um, for uh, this, this phase of the MCU. This phase. I, I mean, overall, like overall in the, yeah, is it in your I, top I mean, five? Is it in your top 10? It's definitely in my top 10. I okay. can't go as far as saying top five. Uh, they're okay. just, and, and granted that's because the Marvel in the first three phases has done so many incredible things with yeah. the first Avengers, with Endgame, with Infinity War. You know, there are so many great films out there at this point now, but definitely in the top 10 and definitely in the top three or, or five, probably three for origin stories. Yeah, I think this is my new favorite origin story, uh, you know, and I grew up with Iron Man just like you, Ryan, yeah. and we both watched that one. I love Iron Man, but this one seems to me like more of a likable film for me, um, especially because maybe a little bit of the CG in Iron Man, the original one, hasn't held up as well. That's and fair. Okay. This this movie had a pretty awesome uh, action sequences in it, too, which... That's that's the kind of stuff I like, man. You know, and, and I just wanted to. I, I was gonna gonna close with that for this yeah. film. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not. I mean, the action sequences were cool, but to me, you know, whether it's the big fight sequence with the dragon or the final fight sequence in Infinity War. Uh, I'm sorry, in Endgame. You know, those I've, I've seen before. But that being said, I want to talk about the the sequences where we have hand to hand combat and what yeah. different. I, this is something I noticed watching this film the second time at home on Disney Plus. Um, the beauty of the fighting style there. When you yeah. see like the, the opening sequence where the father and mother are, are battling at the gates of Ta, Ta Lung, uh, Ta Lo, sorry. Um, or or yeah. when we have Shang-Chi training with uh, with his aunt for the first time at Ta Lo. I yeah, mean, I like it's that incredible. It's, it's like, it's almost like watching a dance number. It's, it's yeah. really, really something special and something we haven't seen before in the MCU. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think my favorite sequence in the movie and I've, Love watching it over and over and over, especially now that it's on uh, Disney Plus and everything. Um, the one on the on the bus, man, when they're—that's yeah, an excellent sequence. It's one of the best I've ever seen, and it's like yeah. a really uh, energetic sequence. And yeah, it's one of my favorite sequences. Uh, it's up there with like a. There's some other great fight sequences, like in the Winter Soldier, the, yes. the hallway, not the hallway, the elevator scene where he has to fight all those guys in the mm -hmm. elevator. No, those are, those are the sequences, you know, obviously with the, the, the modern cinema today, it's almost easier. You, it would seem to put on, 
one of these huge CG battles. It's the the battles, the, these fight sequences that are up close where you have the camera right there that I think are, are really works of art. Yeah, absolutely. And man, it was really fun to watch. And like you said, I love everything. Every, the end stuff with the dragon was a little, you know, we've been here and seen that a little bit. But to me, it was pretty captivating. I, I thought it was really unique, um, the, the CG they were able to accomplish with that dragon. Yeah. Yeah, I just, the, the thing I'm waiting on why I don't give this film a higher score, and I've, I've been outspoken about this, um, I don't really like anything from the MCU that, you know, when it gets down to it, the answer is magic. And yeah, that's what yeah. I'm getting at at the Ten Rings. You know, I love Iron Man because even though it's it's a little outlandish, they explain it with technology. It's Tony Stark and his weapon technology that is able to create the Iron Man suit. You know, I, I want to know, and it seems like they're going into it with the post credit scene here, I want to know more of the origin of the rings. But because they're, you yeah. know, they're ancient, you have Wong observing them. Um I, I think they're going to go with the magic route, just a, a yeah. different source of magic. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to think of this uh, post-credit scene. Let's wrap up with these post-credit scenes here. Um, like, like we said, they're kind of meeting with Wong and uh, Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel. And uh, yeah, there's, there's a message, wasn't it? A beacon is being sent out to something from the rings and they're really ancient, older than when his father found him, found yep. those rings. Uh, and yeah, so I don't know, man. Where, I don't know where they're going to go with this. And, you think it's magical, you say, though. Yeah, and, and something else that we, you know, that isn't mentioned here is there's also a startled in this sequence. Uh, Captain Marvel is like, I've got to go. Bruce, call me if you need me. And there's that funny line from Mark Ruffalo, you know. <laughs> I don't have her number. But, you know, we also are left wondering, you know, where is Captain Marvel running off to to, to save the day? Yeah, absolutely. I There's going to be another Captain Marvel movie, so we'll have to yeah. see then. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, nine and a half for me, eight and a half for you, Ryan. Okay. Uh, what's what's the next film we're going to be discussing? Uh, Eternals. Uh, this was another one that you know came out in trailers that was, if I had to use one word to describe it, different. You know, went into this one not knowing much about the the comic book characters. I don't know if you you had more of a background. This one because I saw the trailer and then it was Shang Chi. It was like, okay, I'm excited for this. You know, Shang Chi went different. And it was great because sometimes the, the, the superhero franchises can be the same thing over and over again. Shang-Chi yeah. was very different and I like that for it. Eternals, very, very different. Looked very different from the trailers, was very different. I personally loved this film. Uh, I'm also okay. going to give this one an eight and a half out of ten. Ooh, same score. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah man. I as Like you were saying, I don't actually know anything about the Eternals okay. prior to watching the film. And I went into it kind of blind. That's why the post credit scene, we'll talk about that later, but that kind of confused me a little bit. Um, but I had to look it up online and, you know, makes sense now, I guess. But we'll see, man. Uh, the Eternals, uh, I was kind of expecting maybe a Guardians of the Galaxy style treatment here. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah, kind of it, it unknown characters become, you know, household favorites. I don't think it was it, that. It's all. not that. It wasn't that yeah. at all. And, um, that's what I kind of liked about the movie a lot. It was really unique, but there was a couple big flaws. So I okay. guess I'll just give my score and then let's go into positives yeah. first yeah. and then we'll bring up some flaws. Um, but yeah, my score is going to be 7 out of 10. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so wh why don't you dive into your positives? Obviously, I have being an 8.5 versus a 7 probably a lot more positive than you. So I want to know what you really enjoyed about the film. 
Yeah, big biggest standout thing for me, uh, biggest positive for me at least, was definitely uh, the the structure of this story. Um, it's kind of a double-headed sword because there's uh, a lot of ground to cover in this uh, kind of story that covers this much time, right? There's thousands of years that are covered in this storyline and the way they handled it with the flashbacks was really cool. I know you also enjoyed that as, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think being a history buff too, like the flashback sequences when they're at like the fall of the Aztec empire or like yeah. they're in Mesopotamia or Rome or Egypt or I just so thought cool. that was really, really cool. And the, set, yeah. the sets were really great. Even, even if they're, I'm sure they were all CG, but like it looked fantastic. That, that setting was really, really, I, I think the settings throughout the film, this film was a very, uh, aesthetically pleasing film. Every one yes. of the locations used. I mean, even that final battle sequence with the volcano, really, really a great location to film. Man, I mean, some of the most beautiful cinematography in the MCU, and I think that's uh, hats off to the cinematographer and everything like that for this film. So, I, I think that the, the structure of the story was what was really unique about it. Um, a few of the characters I really liked. Um, Icarus, the kind of Superman, MCU Superman style <laughs> character, he, uh, he, he was really cool. I liked the twist they added to his character later on in the film. Absolutely, yeah. That was a great, great moment. That was a big plus for me um, that, you know, if you were able to stick with what was going on, you could really benefit from that twist because that, that was a, uh, I had to pay close attention, but when I figured out what was going on there, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, as far as that goes, uh, the rest of the Eternals team, they're all really cool. Um, there is a couple of them that I don't like. I think Angelina yeah. Jolie's character wasn't that cool. Yeah, uh, I was I was not a fan of her performance. I also wasn't that, that great of a big of a fan of, of what was his name? Dru Druig? The, yeah. the guy who could control people's minds. He he had his power was cool though. His power was his cool, power but his, was cool. I didn't yeah. like the performance from the actor. Yeah, the character was a little weird, but the, his power was heck hella cool, man, hella cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, yeah, that that was kind of uh, that's kind of one of the areas where I'm kind of wavering back and forth on. I like the team when they come together, but um, other than that, Cersei is cool. Uh, she's really good in the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. That's pretty much the main character, right? Yep, yep. Played as by Gemma Chan. As far as that goes, that's what was uh, another thing I want to know. What's your take on that, Ryan? That for a lot of the movie, there's not really a singular main character, right? You know, you're kind of floating around to all these different characters. See, and I, I like that because, like, like we said, this is really another origin story. And I'm not sure if the Eternals are going to serve as characters per se, like the Guardians of the Galaxy came in in like Infinity War. I think they are going to be more like a background uh, entity. Ah, I, th I think maybe like the okay. the rings came from the Eternals. I mean, we see Cersei like changing forms of different things. Maybe it's something that she in the past had like ah, uh, toyed ah. with and that, that has powers. Maybe that has to go into, and you know more than I do, the post-credit scene in the, what, you know, what's in the box. That's, so a, speak. that's yeah. a really good theory, Ryan. I think that's that you're onto something with that. But yeah, I, I, I very much, and I'll talk about this more when we, um, when we uh, talk more about um, what if. Uh, yeah. The, the, the yeah. main character in what if is the Watcher. Right. And I get very similar vibes from him as I do from the Eternals. Okay, cool. So it, they're all in some way connected. And I, as far as 
from what I know from the comics, is not that much about that. I'm kind of fuzzy on that kind of stuff, but I think that they're all connected. You know, the Celestials, the Eternals, the Watcher, all that, they're all in that. And I think Galactus is also in that same. You know who Galactus is, Ryan? I do not know. Okay, like one of the Fantastic Four villains, I think. Oh, okay. Um, he's kind of one of the biggest MCU villains because he's like, you know... I don't know, he's just like a, another huge big bad, but obviously they're going to do King the Conqueror first. Right, right, yeah. But yeah, so, um, w was there any uh, negatives? Do you, w you know what, let me bring up a negative and then yeah. I want to know what your take is on Please it. Because so far we've agreed on pretty much everything, you and I. Yeah. Um, my biggest negative here is, uh, and I know that you actually like this kind of uh, storytelling, but um, there is one sequence in this movie where it's just a big information drop and um, a big expository scene, you know, that kind of long-winded uh, explanation of who the Eternals are. It was necessary, but I just found myself um, thinking throughout these, uh, the, the story of this film that, you know, there's, there's a lot of us being told what's going on when necessarily maybe we should have just been shown. That's, that's what I was thinking. What did, what's your opinion on that? I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think there was a lot that was shown in this film. We talk about the flashback sequences, and there were even some points where I thought they used flashback where they jump a little too quickly from a flashback to, to modern day, and I wouldn't know where they were. Yeah. So I think there, it was necessary in this film that they didn't use everything. Everything that was shown was a flashback. Yeah, that's another thing. I'm glad you brought that up, Ryan. I did notice a couple scenes, man, where there was like they would cut and then I wouldn't know what time frame I was in. Yeah, yeah. I didn't that know was definitely that was my biggest my biggest flaw with the okay. film. Okay, yeah. I think that was a little jarring as well. So, you know, like I said, I don't mind that they kind of just had to ex they, it's when they were all together and they have that giant flashback of, you know, and uh no 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 it's when um it's, isn't it when Cersei, you, when Cersei goes and speaks to the yes. big I, yes. I can't think of his name but the what is that thing I can't I can't remember the name of it yeah let's see it is called uh uh so it's a celestial it's Erisham yes that's right yeah. they're right the one that and created them the one that well, we we don't know that till the very end of the film, but yes, yeah. As we believe, Erisham sends it, these Eternals to to watch over humanity, but in reality, we find out he creates the Eternals to basically cause an end of the world so that yeah. another Celestial can be born. Which is, I thought, was an excellent twist. I loved the twist in this film that because I did yeah. not see that coming. I didn't know where they were going with the film, and yet I was locked in enough throughout the film that I was along for the ride. And the twist really got me in this one. Oh, right on. Yeah. I, 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 I like that, that part coming. too. I liked it too. And it added a lot to the story, but it kind of uh, leads into my biggest problem with the film and that okay. there's, there's not really a villain per se. There is one, uh, what, is, what are those guys called? The deviant? The deviant, yeah. Yeah. The deviant leader, whatever his name is. Um, he's just, you know, you're like I think we had discussed before, Ryan, you're Thor 1-level villain. Yeah, and I wouldn't consider him the main villain. I think this yeah. film was all about the the infighting amongst the Eternals as you find out more and more about him. And that's why we have so many flashback scenes that have, I think, some excellent infighting, whether it's... Uh, whether it's Angelina Jolie's character who's going through that that madness for how long she's lived, yeah. or we have in that scene, I think it's in like the Amazon where we have Druig, you know, controlling these people and yeah. he like turns them on on the other Eternals. I, I think yeah. 
I think that's really special. And then, of course, to, to me, the big bad in this film at the end is uh, is Ajax. That's, I'm sorry, Ajax is uh, is Selma Hayek. No, is yeah. Uh, Icarus. Yeah, he does. He does kind of become the bad guy for a little while there, but there's no like, I don't know. When I'm watching, I like you know, I like Infinity War where Thanos is your big bad. He's coming towards you and he's on the screen at all times. Uh, we just talked about Shang Chi. I like having one big bad that I, you know I, against. I you. wouldn't. Can you consider that? I, I guess it is. Never mind. I was gonna say, can you really consider the father the big bad in in Shang Chi? I feel like Shang Chi, you're. I guess he is. It's always his henchman. So I, 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 yeah. I digress there. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, the, to me, the big bad isn't the father in, in Shang-Chi. The big bad is the, the evil, the, the dark one that's behind the walls that's you know, sort of controlling the father. Yeah, to an extent. <clears throat> we digress, though. Yes. Uh, All right, so so um, you, li- you like the villain in the movie, then? I mean, I wouldn't consider the deviant. I, I thought the whole deviant thing where they're like eating the Eternals to, to get smarter and yeah. uh, to advance. I mean, they, I they almost rem- silly. They reminded <laughs> me of, of the scrolls, to tell you the truth, that we found out bit? at the end that they, they're uh-huh. not the bad guys. You know, unlike mm-hmm. the scrolls, they don't have a change in heart where they work together with, uh, with the Eternals. But we find yeah. out that the deviants are the ones that are more protecting humanity than the Eternals or the Celestials. Yeah, that's true. So there, there, there's a lot of mythology behind it. So yeah, I, yeah. I know all all of the names of the Eternals like had had meaning. Like Icarus is a yeah. you know flew yeah. flew, too, flew too close to the sun. Ajax, similar to Ajax, who was like one of the I think a mythological king of Judea. Yeah, um, yeah. Faustus. I mean, it's spelled differently, but like faustian and that made sense that he was the one that gave humans knowledge that they then destroyed yeah. i i like that a lot yeah they did that yeah I, I i like the the whole premise of the eternals really was appealing to me so yeah like seven is a in my book a good movie so definitely worth a uh, a watch if you're in the mcu stuff and uh, i just i just have to before we we get away from it and talking about characters um yeah. like to me uh stealing the show was trevor slattery in uh in shang chi here gotta give it i, I guess it'd be the rb mvp award of this film uh kumal nanjiani is i mean he's just amazing in everything um all, uh, you know he was in he was in stuber i think he was in the big sick yeah um amongst others i think he's just hilarious in everything and i thought he was really really wonderful in this film not only once again for his comic relief obviously sometimes the comic relief characters are my favorite but also for for his um i mean his his story arc i mean he deviated from the other eternals you know i liked his you know he he was sort of the in between almost he was like the what is that the the ego you know you've got some that are it's perform my mission like uh like uh, sprite and uh, icarus we have some who know you know we've fallen in love with humanity and we have to protect them like cersei and he was sort of the the in between you know who i just i i really liked his story arc yeah, Plus he's hilarious. Too. Yeah, and he is hilarious. I agree with you there, man. Yeah, he was a great addition to this film. He did fantastic in it. Um, so there's our opinions on the Eternals. Uh, let's give our uh, first impressions on those two TV shows now, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, did we hold on real quickly? Did we want to discuss the post credit scenes? Oh, for- yeah. Yes. Don't, let's for, not forget about that. Yes. Yeah. Post credit scenes. What did you think of? Uh, 
Harry Styles, spoiler alert, Harry Styles shows up in the... Star Fox! As Star Fox, yeah. Uh, brother of Thanos. Okay, then. Um, it's, it's, it's too early to tell. I mean, it, it, to me, this was just as much a reveal as uh, the, the uh, post credit scene for uh, the first Avengers film. When the first time we see uh, Thanos, it's like, okay, unless you're like a super, super... MCU, not MCU fan, Marvel fan who read the comics. I'm sure they right. know who Star Fox is. For me, that's not me. You know, I'm along for the ride. This is the not first we of him. I'm I assuming don't know who he that, is. <laughs> you know, it's Harry Styles, the big name. I'm yeah. sure he'll be in the MCU for this phase and maybe phases in the future. Yeah, um, for sure. But I'm just ready to wait and see. I don't know who he is. And then I the other one either. was uh, Cersei's boyfriend in the, the box with the sword. This one this one got me a little excited here. Okay. Um, his, so Elaborate, please. So in the comics, Cersei's boyfriend is the, the Black Knight. I forget right. what the guy's name is. Do you know what the, the name is of the character? What her Dane... boyfriend is? Oh, Dane Whitman? Dane something like that? Yeah, it's it's Dane something. I, I know it's Dane. I don't remember his last name. But Dane. Let's just call him Dane. I'll, I'll keep looking. You keep making your point. It sounds good. So, yeah. So, Dane is the Black Knight in the comics. And, uh, yeah, Dane Whitman. Oh, you're correct. Dane Whitman is uh, in the comics Black Knight. And that's what his character is going to eventually become in the MCU. Um, and... We hear a voice off screen at the end of this scene where he's kind of moving towards the box. He opens the box. There's a sword in there. He's reaching for the sword. And then a voice from off screen says, Mr. Whitman, are you sure you're ready for that? Yeah. And that voice belongs to Mahershala Ali, um, who is uh, the new Blade in the MCU. So this uh, character will be connected to the new Blade film. Yeah, and there are so many, I mean, as, as we went over in our... Uh, Disney like information drop episode about a year ago with all these projects that Disney and the MCU are putting out. There's so many different storylines that are going off and I'm sure it's going to be even more after Spider-Man uh, no way home with yeah. the multiverse being introduced um, that I can't even fathom like where these are all going to fit in. But like I said, you know, MCU, you've roped us in. We've been along the ride for now. What has it been 15 years, 10 years. How long has it been since uh the, um i don't know 12 13 years yeah it's, yeah almost 15 years i mean yeah we're, we're along for the ride now so i mean <laughs> you've made some great films you've made some okay films i wouldn't say anything you've made besides that first hulk was a bad film so we're, we're along for the ride and i i mean i know we'll we'll keep bringing you the the fans at the top of the list and hopefully have the mcu you know our thoughts about it if you want to hear before you go out and watch or after you know we have spoilers we you we you yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so that's that's about it for eternals man um but you know i guess let's just touch on this right here at the end um eternals is the lowest rated mcu movie on rotten tomatoes really I, yeah and i thought maybe we could just touch on that for a second i don't think that's very deserving of it it wasn't it wasn't thor the dark world or anything like that i yeah that, that's i, I mean I, i'm, I'm seeing that on. so it's at 48 percent which is uh, really low for a movie that I thought was actually wow, pretty good. Thor the Dark World was at 66%. That's uh Yeah, Thor the Dark World was way worse than this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can understand why and you know, I when you and I talked about this film before we filmed um or before we recorded this, 
I think we both, you know, I said I didn't think you'd like it as much because it's a lot of explaining. There's not a lot of action in this film. Right, yeah. I think that might be it. Just people are expecting MCU, the big action films, and this was very much an exposition film introducing us to a new race of characters, really. And I know it's been handled better, a la Guardians of the Galaxy. That being said, I don't think this is worthy of a 48%. I think that's very harsh. I'd put it in the, I mean... No, after, you know, objectively looking at it, maybe a 60 to 70%, which is, you know, where Thor the Dark World is. I would by no means give Thor the Dark World a 67%. I think that's way too high. Yeah, yeah. But um, I I liked it, you know. I enjoyed it. Like I said, we've got to just look at this as we're starting from scratch because that's what it is. I mean, we have really... It, on film on the big screen now one of our major characters still around i guess two doctor strange and spider-man so everything else is starting from scratch yeah yeah and pretty we'll, see, much. we'll see more i'm sure you know as these oh yeah series develop into feature films wherever they're leading to yeah it's it's uh it's the build-up we're in the build-up point not the the infinity war finale point right so uh want to discuss what if briefly yeah absolutely so i just started what if um I'm about halfway through the series. I am a huge, huge fan of this series. They've had some good episodes. They have some bad episodes. Okay. Um, I know you haven't started it yet, Dom. Right, right. Um, and I know when, when we discussed, when they first announced What If, I was, I think, far more excited about this than you. Yeah. I love it, especially now knowing where they're going with the trailers for No Way Home. Okay. Um, I think it's going to play a major role in it. It's the multiverse. It's all about... Um, you know, it's, it's, our narrator is, is the watcher and he basically discusses throughout, you know, each episode, how one decision, you know, basically the, the ripple effect, you know, changes into a whole other timeline, which also all Loki and the TVA, yeah. um, which I think is all going to tie in. But as the film's going on and on more, this watcher character is becoming less and less a storyteller and he's becoming more and more active in these stories. Um, oh, so I'm okay. really excited to see where they go with him. Like I said, I think it's going to play into the TVA. Um, okay. Definitely. I think, you know, maybe he's the one behind creating this fake TVA um, or has some relation with uh, King the Conqueror. Okay. Um, but I really, really love this series. Um, if you're going to watch it, Dom, and for those of you who haven't watched it at home uh, yet. Yeah. Episode one isn't that great. Okay. It's it. I mean, I'm like I said. I think I'm five episodes in. Two, three, and five knocked my socks off. One and four a little bit slow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm. I'm interested to know what you're gonna say once you uh, get finished with all the rest of the episodes. Right. Yeah. And uh, the way the pace I'm watching it, that should be probably sometime this or next week. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, I'll just briefly talk about Hawkeye, the episodes yeah. one and two that I've seen. There's a third episode out as we're recording. I haven't gotten a chance to watch that one yet, but uh, we'll update you um, shortly, I guess, on our <laughs> on our newest uh, editions of series here. But uh, so far, Hawkeye episodes one and two, I really enjoyed. I thought uh, Haley Seinfeld as a uh, new Hawkeye or Kate Bishop character is really really well cast she fits really perfectly into the uh the typical mcu style of humor she's really you know funny and quirky and she has a lot of good one-liners and uh jeremy renner is clint barton always a really good part of the uh mcu and he continues that here he has a good storyline um episodes one and two didn't do anything to really blow me away yet 
So it's not into that really phenomenal territory. Uh, so they're both really good episodes of television. I'd probably either give them a seven and a half or an eight uh, each episode, probably. And I, I've, I've got to ask you, um, have, have you through the first two episodes, have we been introduced to any of the characters that might have crossover, it seems, with Falcon and Winter Soldier, as well as, uh, as Black Widow? Uh, because I know we saw in Falcon and Winter Soldier and then later on in Black Widow, the, the Contessa. Yeah. It seems like she's going to play a, a role in the Hawkeye, uh, Clint Barton yeah. saga. Has, has that made an appearance yet, or do you think they're saving that for later? As of episode two, no. But okay. there is, they're, they're hinting at it, though. They're hinting okay. at it. Gotcha. Uh, like, there's a character that may be related to it that appears at the end of this episode two. Um, but I haven't seen episode three to see the reveal of who that character is yet, so can't speak to it at this point. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's really interesting so far. And, um, you know, if, excuse me, if you have seen Black Widow, then you know at the end um, there's going to be at the, there's a post credit scene, right? With Florence Pugh and mm -hmm. Florence Pugh's character is uh, on the hunt for Hawkeye. And she's gonna he's she's gonna be showing up later in the series. There's six episodes total, so there's four episodes left for it to happen. <laughs> we'll see what it happens. All right, all right, perfect. Last thing we want to discuss: um, yes. the No Way Home trailer. Yeah, um, I know you and I were so excited when this came out. This <laughs> looks incredible. It confirmed yeah. a lot of the rumors that we had been hearing. Yeah, um, beyond just that, it's gonna be Alfred Molina, which we knew yeah. reprising his role as Doc Ock. It seems that. Every single major villain, with the exception of we haven't seen Venom uh, yet from Spider-Man 3. Right. But every other major villain that we have seen in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy and the two-part Andrew Garfield Spider-Man film series is going are going to make appearances. And they are aware. It's not like, oh, they just assume that... Um, that this Peter Parker is Spider-Man. They are aware that this is a different Peter Parker and they are on a different yeah. universe or different multiverse. Yeah. Universe. Yeah. And that's, that's what kind of was mind blowing right to see in this new trailer was to see, uh, Al Alfred Molina say, Hey, you're not Peter. Right. Right. Yes. That was big. That was a crazy, uh, thing to see and try to, for me to process. Cause I guess let's just jump right to the chase. Uh, what's what's your opinion, RV? Is uh, is our other Spider-Man going to be in this movie? Oh, I I hope so. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a I'm a huge Tobey Maguire fan. I'm not an Andrew Garfield fan. Yeah. But if they're going to start doing that, where they literally play on the multiverse being different film series, and um, I know I know you haven't seen that. You you never saw Let There Be Carnage, right? The second Venom film. I did. I watched. Oh, it. you did. So then yeah. you saw the post credit scene there, and how yeah. that's. That likely will tie in too. I'm really excited to see how they do this, and you know, maybe maybe Deadpool makes an appearance as well later on in, in the MCU, and yeah, uh, the dude. Fantastic Four. I've I've been hearing talks of as well in the X Men. So we'll I'm really happens. excited. Yeah, that could be crazy. That could yeah. be crazy. So uh, as far as I go, you know, everybody's really trying to like find leaks and stuff online of it. I've been noticing on Twitter, and um, as far as uh, my stance is on it, is I'm gonna go in there. Um, expecting to not see them okay. so that when uh when i do see them show up hopefully i see toby Maguire show up and andrew garfield show up i'm going to freak out and just be astonished 
<laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm so right there I, with you. I guess you could say, uh, hopefully off optimistic or something like that. Yeah. Ca cautiously optimistic. There you go. Cautiously yeah. optimistic. Yep. All right, man. All right. Well, I think that'll probably wrap it up for this episode. We've droned yep. on for quite a bit, but, yes. um, Thanks for all of you listening out there now on our podcast service. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. Um, yep, absolutely. And always, as always as well, um, you know, let us know what you guys think. Um, if you like, if you like, uh, like these films and television series, if you didn't like them, why? And anything else you guys would like to see. Absolutely. Uh, catch you guys on the next episode of Top of the List.